We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, I titled this podcast early 2023 Dynasty Rankings, but geek, it's not really early rankings. Like, we're this January is the beginning of Dynasty startup season. I mean, I even did one last year in December, I remember. So, really appropriately, this is Dynasty startup ranking season. So, uh, I think that year round, year round, right? But one of the best things about Dynasty is you can start drafting a team or, or focusing in on it right as soon as the, the season ends. And I actually think, um, I'll take it a step further, I think you want to especially do your rankings right after the season is fresh in your mind before all the poison from the outside hopium smokers yeah, gets I would even, into you. I would even say, you know, and not everyone has the time to do this, but as, as people that make professional rankings like yourself and like I do, I try to my best, and I know during the season you're a little bit more DFS-focused, and then you go maniacally into the – the dynasty um, rankings and, and all that stuff off season. But I try to keep my rankings dynamic, like as we move along, just so when the time comes to officially post them and that they're, they're somewhat in order. So uh, by the way, I'm Alan Soslowski from Rotowire. Uh, we are restarting our your, our off season podcast in the Rotowire podcast feed. And as usual, the geek from the Sharp app and DFS Army is our first guest, our most uh, frequent guest, and for good reason, because today what we're going to do is we are going to just do a first pass through basically the first two rounds of a dynasty startup draft, meaning, oh, a single quarterback. We'll, we'll, we'll work in some super flex takes, being that, you know, but what's funny, what I found out, Geek, is that a lot of people don't want to do super flex right now because the quarterback position is so in flux. There's only about like eight or nine quarterbacks that are guaranteed locked in starters for 2023. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, yeah, I was, you know, as I was going through my quarterback rankings and I wasn't sure if we were going to do super flex as a focus or not. Um, but even in regular, even in regular standard season long redraft, all of it, the, the scarcity has become a thing at the quarterback position, which it really hadn't been. And just given like QB 12, I mean, you're in the, in the, like it, in the Deshaun Watson zone, like it, it is not that good. You're, you're, yeah. I'm happy. You'd had 12 guys and you kind of had a hard time finding much of a difference between one or 12. There is a massive difference now. And, and um, 
that's reflective in where you have to take these quarterbacks in, in even in, I would say, even in this startup non-superflex concept. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm pumped to take him at quarterback 11, quarterback 12. It's like after that tier that it gets, because at least you know he's the starter. And we'll get into the the rankings, but th- here's like what just what I have after Watson. And again, we'll we'll get into Samantha, but like Tua, Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff. Now, those guys are not guaranteed at this point to be starting next year. We, you know, we think Goff is going to be and all that stuff, but one through 12 that's what I'm saying is, is so we'll get into all that. So let's just get right into our, our rankings. Now, what I find fascinating about the first round in dynasty startups is that there's going to be this big age, productive age versus youth clash. Now there's going to be a couple wide receivers that I think everyone's going to have at the consensus top of dynasty, but then you really get into like the unproven youth versus you know, the Tyree kill types. So where in general do you think your dynasty philosophy is going to fall in the first round of startup drafts this year in 2023? So I'm just going to give a more overall philosophy about it, right? I've built a lot of dynasty teams. And um, I think for me, one of the biggest things that I do is there's an understanding, especially I understand that the, the wide receiver position just lasts longer than running backs. So the running back window of usefulness is really like, it's about four years. It's not as it's much shorter. Wait a second. Wait a second. Four years of the elite guys. Yes. Well, for, I'm talking about the best guys, right? Cause the normal running back window of like the Devin Singletary types is like two useful years, three 100%. useful years. So yeah. I'm talking about first rounders. Yeah. So like, I'll give you an idea, you know, first round running backs, you know, Saquon Barkley is going to be in that, in that sort of discussion. But Saquon Barkley's at the tail end of his four-year viability um, time frame. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey. Th- those are the kind of guys that if you're taking those players, man, you better win this year or next year or you blew it, right? Whereas if I take a young wide receiver, like, all right, we all love Jefferson and Jamar Chase, but if I take a C.D. Lamb, he's young, a, a-, a Jalen Waddle, my window is eight, nine seasons, you know, seven, eight seasons. It's a much longer... Oh time frame to make so the way i look at dynasty if i take a player that's expiring and i don't win a championship in that window i blew it you know like man i can't get that asset back during their prime there there's nothing i can't trade this player away and, and recover that you have to win when you take those kind of players is where but I'm that from. i think that gets into the whole running back versus wide receiver debate much more than it does just the age of the same position so that's what i'm talking about like when when I the my original point was Tyreek Hill, who's you know was he here? Let me just look up his exact age right here. So Tyreek Hill, I have it right here. No, he's twenty eight point nine. Okay, so he's going to be twenty nine next year versus someone like Amon Ross St. Brown, who's twenty three. Now again, we'll or DK Metcalf, who's twenty five. So I think that those are all reasonable clashes because what we know is that some dynasty rankers are going to have DK Metcalf ahead of Tyreek Hill, but the redraft rankings when they come out. It's not even there's going to be multiple rounds difference between those players. So I think that the real difference between dynasty fantasy football and redraft, classic redraft that we all began playing is the way we value the same player. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you right off the bat, uh, you in, in your dynasty draft, you're going to have to make a decision. And I'll go with that player, Tyreek Hill, because this will be a decision point for a lot of people. Do you want Tyreek Hill, who we know is amazing the next year or two? 
Or would you like Garrett Wilson, who's a rookie, coming off his rookie year and looks really good? No and, longer a rookie, right? No well, longer a rookie. <laughs> but coming, but he's a first-year player with a potential eight-season to 12-season. You know, you don't know how long a, a wide receiver can last, but a long potential career ahead of him. Or Devontae Smith, who who is breaking out into a superstar. Or, or a T. Higgins. Like, those guys would never go anywhere near – uh, even Olave, right? Those guys are going nowhere near Tyreek Hill in your in your redraft. But I would argue you should take them ahead of Tyreek Hill in your in your dynasty league. All right. So the, in, we're not gonna we're not necessarily gonna do a mock draft today. What I want to do is just get an overall discussion on rankings. And we're not gonna for this podcast we're not gonna debate. Hey, I have this guy at six. No, you should have him at seven. Like what we're gonna try to do is group these guys into like four or five major tiers. And you know those are. Top half the tier levels are top half of the first round locked in, right? Um, running backs that are worth top six picks, back end picks, and then fringe first rounders, and then locked in second rounders. So those are the tier groupings, and that'll make up because when you start when you do a dynasty startup draft, you need to have those top two picks have as much upside and as li- a little risk as possible. Because like you said, that's going to be the foundation of your team for, I'm going to call it the next three years, right? In Dynasty, we always talk about two to three-year windows, but your first-round picks need to be three to three-year windows. I'm going to call it minimum. So top of the first half, are we in agreement here that any Dynasty draft that we're in that's not super flex, Justin Jefferson is the 1.1? Can you even think of another person, another player that should be ahead of him in Dynasty? No, I mean, I, I have a very soft argument, a very soft argument for Jamar Chase, and I'll make it only for the uh, devil's advocate component of it, which is Jamar Chase is locked in with a stud quarterback for multiple years where Justin Jefferson's QB situation could be in in flux in the next year or two. So when I think out very long term, I can make a very, very light argument for Chase ahead of, and I, you know what, if somebody took Chase first, I'm not going to argue with them. Right. Okay. So sure. let me rephrase the question. Cause I think you make a good point about the quarterback insulation. And that's when we do dynasty rankings, it's not just ranking the player of that year. Everybody knows that it's not just saying, how good is this player? It's what's the team context. What's their contract situation. And you bring up a great point. Jamar Chase has Joe Burrow, who we all agree is a top three, top four, maybe top two NFL quarterback. And he's going to have him for the next half decade. So reframing the question, Jamar Chase and and Justin Jefferson, they are a tier of their own, a top, or is CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, are they in that tier? So tier one is Chase and Jefferson. Yeah, not even close. And and, and by the way, it's not close with any of the running backs either. It's those two. And that's it. And then, and then, so if you're fortunate enough to have pick one or two in your dynasty draft, you do have a little bit of an edge there. That is a great, this is a great year to have that top, uh, a top two pick. Okay. All right. So you talked about the running back position. Now I'm just going to read off a bunch of names, right? And they all have different uh, pros and they all have, you know, kind of warts on them, so to speak. So of these seven names, Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey. Do any of those names or any of those guys locked in first round picks in Dynasty? Yes. Which yeah. ones for you? So for me, it's not Christian McCaffrey 
or Saquon Barkley at all. I, I, I'm not trying to take either one of those guys um, in the early, in the first round, certainly. But Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor deserves a spot. He's young still. Um, he's got a lot of, um, he's, he's got a lot of momentum. His team's got some question marks, but he's a workhorse. And when he's been in the game, he's been spectacular. I love Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall transformed the Jets. Same deal, young. Um, you might get him a little bit later than whoa, maybe whoa, he whoa, should. Whoa. Geek, stop the clock here. We're going to take a guy coming off an ACL injury yes. in round one of your startup draft. Like you're comfortable doing that. Like knowing that you won't have him probably for September and you may have him compromised for the rest of the season. You're okay I, doing that. I don't, I don't think that a, an October injury will still have an effect on a young player at the start. I, I believe he will be back now. You know, of course he'll be back. I mean, I believe he'll be back for training like that. He will play. He will oh, be. Oh man, we're gonna have this argument again about yeah, ACL well, injuries. We see it. I, I I don't know that he's gonna have the best year this year because coming off right. the injury. But yes, I'm I'm I like Brees Hall. Okay, no, I like Brees Hall. Yeah. But we're talking about a okay. Let's talk well, like so, either so way. Say you're the youth, but that guy transformed the team. But yeah, you're you're Kenny Walker, you're Travis Etienne, and and Javante. I like right. that group. All right, so here we go. So we, we agree that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are pick one and two in some order. If you were on the clock at pick three, I'm th- right now in my in the Rotowire rankings, I have CeeDee Lamb as the Lamb. third overall pick. Do you are you are we there? Yeah, I'm fine with CeeDee Lamb there. Is there anyone else that you would even consider putting there? I don't think so. I think well, Lamb I, sits I, a, I, sits on I a think, tier of his own. Jalen Waddle is really similar for me with to Lamb. Well, I'll tell you why. It, yes, but I'll tell you why. Is that Lamb is the uh, unquestioned one A, and you talked about the quarterback situation at as of time of this recording, January of two thousand twenty three. I can't tell you for sure that two is ever going to play football again. I think he's going to, but I'm not sure he's going to. So, what are they going to be in the veteran market? What are they? The Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. We can go through that whole thing. So, isn't that enough of a separator if you're doing a draft today to put Lamb on his own tier? Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair one right there, and that's a perfect separator. Again, a more stable quarterback situation for CD Lamb. Why not? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, so so far, we're talking about our dynasty startup rankings for 2023, and the geek and I are in agreement that one, two, three should be wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Of course, we're talking about PPR leagues. We're not talking about superflex. Now, let's bring that question up. Even in a single quarterback, at the top of this this live stream, we talked about that there is possibly instability like we've never seen at the quarterback position. Does that mean that the the big five, Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow? Did I say Joe Burrow twice? No. We got to remove Justin Herbert from well, the big five. But he's still, he, even if he's at the bottom of the big five, he's in that big five. Yeah. He's okay? not worth so you just say, are any of those are any quarterbacks worth a late first round pick in dynasty one QB? Yes. Yes. And this is an adjustment from thinking for many, many years. And it's because of the state of the QB position. If you were in season long this year, everybody who's watching this, they played in the season long team. Look at who won. You're see, just check it out. Who won? Oh, it was the guy who had Mahomes. It was the guy who had Josh Allen, right? This year, there was a massive edge to having an elite quarterback. And um, I think you can grab Josh Allen in the first round of your, of your dynasty or Pat Mahomes and have that player. So, so I'll put it like this. If you're towards the end of the first round and you're making a decision between a Christian McCaffrey, who's a two-year stud running back, right, with, with injury potential versus Pat Mahomes, who is a 
nine year to 10 year, you never have to worry about your quarterback position in this league kind of guy. You know, I would argue that you're better off shifting, getting the quarterback, even in non super flex. And this is a departure from my approach to uh, fantasy football in general. But in a long term, and especially if you're going to play out the league for a long term, I don't do a dynasty if you don't plan on playing it out, by the way. By the way, a quick promotional note before we continue our 2023 Dynasty rankings is that I'm going to be hosting a new show geek on SiriusXM. It's called the Dynasty Hour. We've had people asking about it. Yeah, it starts this week, which is the the week of Wildcard Weekend. It's going to air. It, it's going to air live during the games. I'll, I'll get the exact schedule out. I'll put it on my Twitter, but it'll be available on demand. So you know, I listen to most of my shows on demand. It's so hard to listen live. Uh, it's going to air twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. Our first couple guests are going to be Jordan McNamara from Football guys and then matt kelly from uh of course from player profile you'll be on there uh in the coming weeks after that so look for the dynasty hour on sirius xm be premiering in january and it'll also be on demand just search rotowire or the dynasty hour all right getting back to um our dynasty ranking in 2023 you mentioned christian mccaffrey all right Christian McCaffrey, even though he's going to be, let's see, right now his age geek is 26 and a half. So he'll be, he'll basically next year is his age 27 season. But don't you think that his type of game, the pass catching game, and in the context of that offense, basically, you know, if you're going to, it shaves another couple, it adds another couple years of productive value. I'm very comfortable taking Christian McCaffrey in the first round of my dynasty startup, especially towards the middle or the end. Are you going to, so when you're, I'm seeing you're shaking your head. No, no and that's okay. No, so so yeah. what, why, like when you're getting towards like pick seven, pick eight, and you, you're faced with choices like Amon Ross St. Brown, who, by the way, I believe is a first round pick in dynasty startup drafts, right? I mean, forget his fourth round draft pedigree. He has, you know, surpassed that. So yeah, he's, he's proven himself to be a wide receiver that you want and can lead, can be a WR1 on your team for a while. Yep. Yep. So why no McCaffrey? Because, as uh, as we talked about, if you can get two seasons of like high end production, maybe a third is, is you know when you know I know that we're ages, right? We're we're ages as uh, I'm going to give you the the overview. I look keep, at my, by the way, keep give the McCaffrey case. I need to. There's a knocking right here. Just keep talking. Right, do right you're knocking, and I'm, here's my here's my case for McCaffrey. My overview for dynasty in general. Your team is like a basket of stocks. There's a value to it. And each asset that you have has a, has a value. And your team's chances of winning essentially are the value of the entire basket of players that you have in your dynasty team. So when you're buying effectively a Christian McCaffrey, you're paying top dollar for him right now. He's declining assets. It's like buying, it's like your car. As soon as you drive him out of the lot, he is going down in value. Right. So for Christian McCaffrey at 26, 27, next year, he'll be almost unsellable. And that's the reason you're taking a player in the first round that if you went and tried to sell him next year, he's almost unsellable. Whereas wait a second, stop. I'm going to stop you there because this is a common dynasty thing. Why does he, why does someone always have to be sellable? Why? Like, let me, one second, let me just, this is something that my friend Jordan McNamara always says, what do you care about the price of your house? If you're going to live in it. Uh, because you only get to live in this house for a year or two. I have a dynasty house that I've got. You're you're essentially saying instead of you know getting a new uh, a, a new set of windows on the house, I should like put some plastic on it. It's going to peel off. The the player is going to expire 
the last thing you want is to try to be selling a 20 good i'll give you an example go try to sell austin eckler in the offseason right but why would you want to sell him i mean if you have don't you use him to help you win a championship no your 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 team is a basket of assets and there's a total value to the basket be it in trades or winning now right and the goal if your asset the goal value, is to win now geek the goal is to win but the goal is to maintain a winning uh capacity every time you have players declining as an asset you can't replace it. So if I have young assets on the rise, I can also get out of them right at peak value, replace with fresh young assets on the rise. That's how you got to win a dynasty long term. So this is for- this is where the geek and I have fundamental differences. And it's OK. And by the yeah. way, I'll be first to admit that neither one of these these strategies or philosophies is wrong. One of them is push all in and then trade your way out of it and and speculate your way out of it with waiver wire rookie picks. The other one is constantly be recycling. And I think Geek, you'll admit when you're recycling, you do risk losing a year or two of high end value from the Derrick Henry types, the Austin sure. Eckler types. Sure, but if you, I think your approach is too risky or or can be too risky. I'm, I'm very much. Um, a, when I look at my team, I, I try to very quickly assess, all right, is this a team that's competitive? Can I win the championship? If I can't win the championship or I don't have a shot at really making a run, I want to get out of, uh, assets on the decline. So a Christian McCaffrey, if I looked at my team next year and was like, oh, you know, I can't win. I'm not set up to win. Trey Lance got hurt this year. I only have one quarterback, whatever the reasoning is a player or a player like that, you got to get out of it. Because next year is going to be worth significantly yeah. less. Christian All right, McCaffrey so is one injury away from you can't even sell him for a first round pick. I and I see. I where I disagree though is that, and we won't belabor the point. We'll continue on with our ranking show. But uh, McCaffrey in his the new the context of this new offense that he's in, he is basically the ultimate weapon, and his game will age better. He he can it in three years from now. It, his his floor is like being james white and james white and danny woodhead those type of guys were like rb12 they could still catch 80 90 passes in the season only have about five six hundred rushing yards and i think mccaffrey has that in him okay yeah, so fair, but like i said i i just in the first round i think i don't think he'll be going in the first round of most drafts i think he will drop and I yes think i agree with you there right i I agree with you there that dynasty players as they'll see, you know, they'll see that 27 on his profile card and be like, Ooh, I can't have that, but he will be a second round pick. Um, he was last year. <laughs> it's yeah. age 26, so, but he was coming off the injuries. Yeah. All right. So to review, we have, uh, we have the two wide receivers, chase and Jefferson at the top one, two, we had lamb at three. And then I think the conversation gets interesting at four. Um, these are the players that I have ranked right now at four, five, six. I have AJ Brown, Kenneth Walker, and Travis Etienne. Do you have any other? Uh, do you agree that those three are like the next grouping? And is there anyone that you would put in that grouping or take out of that grouping? I'm assuming you didn't mention Jonathan Taylor by accident. No, I just said I said Taylor, oh, Etienne, oh. and Ken Walker. Yeah, Ten- and AJ Taylor, Brown. Yeah, yeah, t- that that grouping. If we. Yeah, I think you're taking those guys ahead of the Jalen Waddle, uh, who for me would be the next wide receiver up on that on that mm-hmm. group. Well, let's let's there. go there. Let's go there for a second. Um, so do like let's start with the running backs. Walker and Etienne and Taylor would be the. I, and again, I don't care which one of those guys you like. Those are the three next running backs that represent upside with yeah. youth. Do we agree and there? Hall. And Brees Hall. I'm not going to agree with Brees Hall because my first round pick, where I'm building my dynasty, 
is not going to be on a player that's injured. And now that a player that has, you know, quarterback questions, uh, a player that has, uh, you know, a backfield uh, competition. Now, again, Brees Hall is going to be the lead running back when he's healthy. But I'm talking about my first round pick in Dynasty Fantasy Football. All those other guys are fully ahead of him in startup land. I'm a sucker for the Jets. I, I, Brees is not, that's not my reasoning, but I think Brees Hall belongs in that group. And I think, um, you know, no injury. He, I have Brees Hall at the top of the group ahead of Kenny right, Walker it, and Etienne. He does have an injury, though, and he does have quarterback questions. And he yeah, does young, have. I, I'm not worried about it. Young player mm-hmm. bounced back from an ACL. You know, uh, uh, Travis Etienne had the ACL. We got a bargain on him. I'll happily accept a bargain if I can get it on Brees Hall. Happily. Happily, but well, you're going to get a bargain because he's not going to be a top five, top eight pick I, I, in I most startup it. drafts. I can predict that. Now, of course, we're not going to be talking about the rookies because there's a lot of hype on Texas running back B. John Robinson. I mean, six foot, 220 pounds, right? I mean, we're going to get into that. And, right in that and, and if he yeah. ends up in the first round as a real NFL first round pick, I mean, he's going to be a first round startup pick. And I, I don't think I could tell anybody if he lands in the right situation to not take him as the overall RB1. But, you know, for another day, there's going to be so much time to talk about rookies. All right. In that other, so we mostly agree, except for Brees Hall, that the next tier, though the first tier of running backs is Taylor, Walker, uh, ETN in some order. And then here is the next wide receiver grouping that I put in there it's AJ Brown. Jalen Waddle and uh, who was it? Wait, oh, AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle, and then I have uh, an Amon Ross St. Brown. And all three of those guys I have ahead of the highly productive veterans, Tyreek Hill and uh, and Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams. So, do you agree that those three wide receivers go ahead of the three aging guys? Oh, most definitely. I mean, I, for me, it's not even a question with that group. Um, the real question is, how low do we go before we get to the aging group? Like, who are the players? Wh- when do you start? Wh- where do you take Tyreek? Because, you know, again, I'll let you order Waddle, St. Brown, Metcalf, and, and A.J. Brown. Well, I'm not putting Metcalf in that group. Oh, you, so you just have the trio. And I have A.J. Brown. So I have A.J. Brown, Waddle, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, sorry. A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Waddle is the next three. And I would take the highly productive aging veterans ahead of D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, see, that's not how I'm doing this. All right, so we we definitely differ here because um, you would just M- include Metcalf. I, I would not only would I include Metcalf ahead of Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs, quote unquote the aging group, and, right? And uh, Adam and Cooper Adams, Devonte and, and quote unquote the aging group, right? I would include. Are you ready for this? I would include. I would. I would include Devonte Smith. I would include T as a first round pick, just ahead of those guys. We're we're not, oh, okay. not in the first round here. Now we're okay. just talking about. Where am I going to take my wide receivers? And when, what wide receiver? I need a wide receiver. When, when do I say I'm taking Tyreek here? All right. Who's so, okay, let's, let's go through this then. Here's, here's the first round as we mostly agree on. And then I'm going to put you on the clock. All right. At pick one and two was, was Chase Jefferson. At pick three was CD Lamb. Pick four, five, six was Running. Taylor, Walker, AJ Brown, ETN. Amon Ross St. Brown Waddle. So now you're on the clock around pick 10-ish. What are you doing? And I'll tell you who the options are. Well, can we go to 11? Because I'm taking Brees Hall. Okay, so Brees Hall, fine. So he's there. I wouldn't take him there. I understand he, yeah. he he's going to be. And 
we're not including Bijan Robinson. We're going to just pretend that he's not available in a, in a veteran startup draft. So you're at the end of the first round. So this is like pick 11, 12, 13, 14. Like the loop here is where I would suck up some of these. Like I'd be like, okay, I'm starting my draft with Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs. Like, great. What are you no, doing? I, I, I'm not doing that again. That's a great way to win now, by the way. And the person who does that has a great shot of like a two year window of being good. But Hey, you're doing that really early in the draft and you better build your whole draft around that. But no, I am not going there. So I'll tell you why. Hold on, Geek. Let me give you the exact specifics why. And then I want you to think about who you would take there. The reason that if you're picking at the end of the first round, and again, there's an argument for quarterback. There's an argument for Travis Kelsey and all that stuff. But the reason I would take, especially in the leagues where most dynasty leagues, especially are three receivers plus a flex, is the reason I would take those two highly productive wide receivers is like you said, I think there's a reasonable high-end production expectation of of two years, probably three or four to still get, you know, top 15 value, but okay. We're only talking about two year windows. And then because of how dynasty players play startup drafts, you're still going to get Austin Eckler and Derek Henry on the next loop around. You're going to have this team that has like first four, uh, have like four first round redraft picks in it. And you are now set up for win now in, in a way that's so nuclear, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it. It, it, you, you set yourself up for win now. Let me let me paint the counter argument. And I know you build a lot of teams that way. And I, so you, you and I have drafted a lot of times together and, and, and you go different ways. But um, I don't like it. And I'm going to tell you why. You build an old team, right? And they all expire right around the same time. So if you don't win now, if an injury happens Cooper Cup style, and uh, uh, last year it was Debo Samuel, ruins your team, right? Well, then, any injury ruins your team. If you have Brees Hall... It ruins your, you know, I'm saying like, and you and you took him in a startup draft. Understandable, or but no, it doesn't because I can wait out an injury for Brees Hall. He can come back, and then I can have a great player for the next six years. Whereas, so I'm, you know, who I'm taking ahead of those guys, Javante Williams, and I'm going to tell you right now because these old dudes. If you don't win now, you're done. You've you've wasted your assets. Something bad happened. You didn't. Your your quarterback and whatever it was. You didn't win now. You put yourself yeah. in a situation where your team is going to be garbage for a long period of time. I don't like that. So I'd rather – I like to have this, this pile of assets that I can trade. I can make – I can I can um, bring in win-now players if I need to because I've got all these assets that I can trade away. So late in the season, if I feel like I can make a run, all right, I'll pick up an Austin Eckler from the Austin Eckler owner who doesn't want him anymore because he knows he's expiring. He's not winning this year. I feel you can get those veterans – but if you build around a young core, uh, especially at the wide receiver position, which is why I don't like those old wide receivers, I want the young guys that I know will be around for a long time. I can figure it out at some other position groups. But when you have a Stefan Diggs and he's going to turn 31 and you're like 30 and 31, you have these guys like he's playing with Josh out. hurt. And now you lost a year and you're like, oh, no, that was, you know, he had a three year window and I just lost a year and maybe a year and a half. It's too destructive to your team so you've got to build with the youth in in dynasty but there's a balance after the first couple rounds the first few rounds i need my young studs now you mentioned javante williams i i don't think he's even in the first or maybe even in the early second round discussion at all because one he hasn't produced yet we all like his talent but you're going to be able to get a lot of good running backs the reason i like again starting with wide receivers because when you get back in the in the the end of the 
third round, you're going to be facing like Najee Harris. Um, you're going to have uh, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, AJ Dillon. There's going to be a lot of options there. Running Josh Jacobs, we don't know where he's going to land right now. He's a free I think agent. Josh Jacobs is on the rise. Yeah, no, definitely on a rise, but right now he he's teamless, right? He doesn't have a team. We don't know where he's going to play. I mean, he could end up in Denver, right? He can end up on the New York Giants. He can end up on the Buffalo Bills, and then his value is suppressed, or at least there's ceiling on it. So we all like the talent. He's still young enough, but I think that's why you really at the back end of the first round, and I've looked at startup yeah. ADP a little bit. You really want to attack wide receivers. Now, if you don't want to go aging guys, if you want to go more youth-based, well, I just me- think that you stay away from the running backs there specifically because you are going to have a treasure trove of very startable options in round three and four. So, so yeah, and I was just kind of making a point about running backs there generally. Um, but, yeah, at the back end of this first round, so to, to bring it back to sort of the original stuff where, where we're talking about the Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams tier. I look at them as position groups. So I look at wide receiver. I look at, I look at running back. I kind of separate them a little bit. Like where am I, who am I taking ahead of him? And again, for me, I'm moving Chris Olave. I'm moving T Higgins and Garrett Wilson and Devonte Smith, who I think is massively underrated by the way, Drake the London, fa- the Dra- Drake London too. new quarterback. I mean, has all of the, um, has all of the bona fides early first round pick that you want, but, but check this out. See, Here's the thing. Devonta Smith, to me, is the biggest one. You know, Devonta Smith's had a better year than A.J. Brown. You're talking about A.J. Brown up, you know, up in the top little top trio of super elites. Devonta Smith is every bit what A.J. Brown was this year, and he actually had a better <gasps> year. He actually was more oh. consistent. He has better draft capital. Why do we think of A.J. Brown as better than Devonta Smith? I think that the what I the 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 end of the year production, sure, you, you can measure that, but I, I think that whether that the game to game consistency is better for AJ Brown, whereas Devontae Smith has these mega explosions, but he's slightly more volatile. So I believe and I think the team prioritizes again, AJ Brown. Look again. Devontae Smith was not more volatile. It no, was I said the perception, the perception, the yeah, perception. It's a perception. That's what I'm saying. When you actually look at the numbers, and this is why I brought it up, because we all perceive exactly what you just said. If you actually look at the numbers, it was AJ, it was Devontae Smith that's been consistent, especially the last seven or eight weeks of the season. He's very consistent as wide receiver. And again, there's a perception that AJ Brown is better. And I love AJ Brown, don't get me wrong. And I feel like AJ Brown helped transform the Eagles this year and go fly, Eagles fly. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm an honorary friend of uh ben franklin the the philadelphia people they love me the eagles fans they love me over there uh all right so we bleed green together so let's get into some of the we haven't talked about cooper cup now cooper cup here's the situation cooper cup is 29 and a half years old so he's going to be doing that 29 30 season next year nobody doubts that cooper cup is one of the top five wide receivers in the nfl but he had the late season injury now the type of injury that he had is not a he should be ready for camp he should have a full camp now the thing that scares me about cooper cup uh, certainly is a first round pick i think he's not going to be a first round pick and if he is it'll just be early on in the season and then it will quite hold on a second hold on, let me make this yeah. point right here is that sean mcveigh is not is is now leaning towards not coming back. So in my mind, when I'm doing early startup drafts, I'm going to have to factor in that Sean McVay is not going to be there. Now, Cooper Cup's enough of a talent to still buoy his value. And I'm not saying he's a scheme-dependent guy, but the offense did so much for Cooper Cup, right? And if he if Sean McVay is not going to be there and we don't know who is, 
that adds a little bit more uncertainty. And I would start thinking about youth over him, even though I still think that Cooper Cup, but remember, Cooper Cup could be wide receiver 15. You don't really want to take that guy in like round one, you know? So that's where I am on Cooper Cup. I probably will let someone else take, I definitely will let someone else take him in the first. And he would probably have to fall to like the fifth or sixth pick in the second round as of right now for me to think about it, knowing the Sean McVay. Yes, I don't think there's any question that you he will not go in the first round. These guys, I, I, I think I think you're way overestimating where Cooper Cup will go. I think you're overestimating where Devontae Adams and that whole group. I think you're in the third round uh, when those guys are still on the board. I think people will. Early ADP, uh, it doesn't have that. Early ADP has those guys right now, and this is pulling from early drafts. You know, And again, the sample size is not massive. Like but one, one group that had a draft. Uh, no, no, there's there's <laughs> over 100 drafts already from yeah, Sleeper. Right. You can look at the Sleeper ADP. It has right now here. I'll give you the overall. So the, you asked about the older guys. The older guys right now has um, Diggs at 17, Tyreek Hill at 18, and where's Devontae Adams? Let me see. He might be a little higher. Uh, Adams is is the end of the uh, the middle the end of the second round, but I think those guys will move up a little bit. And also, we uh, oh right, you're right. So Adams did fall. He's at pick thirty overall. So that there one I'll go. give you. But I think that's also has to do with the quarterback uncertainty. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be. We know it's not going to be Derek Carr. We know that. I'm um, I'm shocked if if any of that group goes in the first round or the second round. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care what that sleeper ADP is. I've been in enough of these. Those guys do not belong in the first two rounds. As a matter of fact, I'm taking Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes over them. All right. So let's talk about that for a second here. Okay. Quarter single quarterback league. Where should you draft? Now, in the past, the conventional wisdom, and for good reason, was wait on quarterback because your OE your quarterback 12 is not that different than quarterback three and the marginal difference. And then the opportunity cost of not taking that running back or wide receiver. And that still exists, but now there is such a, a tier of four or five that has separated themselves. And, but there is going to be some value later on. I mean, you know, you and I had a discussion offline that we like Daniel Jones. We like Justin Fields for fantasy football. Right. So isn't the argument still there? Why are we going to take Josh Allen in one round one, round two, or Pat Mahomes when we could reasonably get Justin Fields three rounds later, four rounds later? My first thing is I want to include Jalen Hurts in that super elite tier. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's just as good at this point of a fantasy quarterback as Allen and Mahomes is. The third, but absolutely just as good from a fantasy production standpoint. Maybe, uh, again, equal. Equal to those guys. So I think Jalen Hurts should be in that discussion. And everybody else is a massive down tier from there. Um, so I don't think any of the other quarterbacks are worth like a late second round pick. But I would put that trio when you're trying to make a decision. And, and it's exactly this. You're looking at who's available to me right now. Am I going to take Tyreek Hill, an aging wide receiver? Great. I like him. Questionable quarterback situation. Not sure what's going on there. Um, 30 years old, one or two year window. Or can I say, you know what? I, I punted away. I took, I took Josh Allen. I know I'm going to get a 30 point performance out of my quarterback almost every single week. And he's going to last me the next seven to to 10 seasons. I'll never have to worry about a quarterback again. I'm fine with that. I think that's not a bad way to build a team. I made that. So I, my very first dynasty league, I made that mistake and I call it mistake with RG three. I took him in the early third round. Right. And then obviously his next year, RG three just broke. So I think where the, where the, your argument does have merit is that if you have a quarterback like a Mahomes, who's got three, four, five years of top five production. I mean, we saw maybe a down 10, year from maybe 10 for Mahomes. Yeah. No, I'm saying that already banked. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Already banked. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, the conversation does change. I mean, in our first startup draft that we did together in a single quarterback league, Andrew Luck went and like pick 11 and, and it was totally defensible at the time. I, I feel like that was like one of the first ever dynasty draft. Like dynasty was just new and we didn't really know how funny was it just to think back to that dynasty was pretty much a new format at that point. And, well, I, ironically, Dynasty was around even before like redraft, I believe. But yes, it wasn't popular. Now, Dynasty Leagues, and what's great about Dynasty Leagues, Geek, is you know, nobody's in one Dynasty League. Raise your hand if you're in one Dynasty League. Nobody, right? Bueller, Bueller, right? It's most people are in five, in eight, in 10, or in my case, yeah. 41. This is crazy. I need to pare it down. I already told you I have to pare out some of my Dynasty Leagues this year. Most people aren't like you. You're out of your, you're out of control. <laughs> you can't turn down the Dynasty You know league. what? If you're in the chat right now, post how many Dynasty Leagues you're in. If you're listening on the podcast feed, you can tweet at us, at Alan Zislowski, at FFootballGeek. Let us know how many Dynasty Leagues you're in. We need to feel better about ourselves. This is this is too sick. So, Geek, I told you, we could talk about this stuff all day. We've already We're already 40 minutes in. We're trying to keep these podcasts tight. And by the way, if you are listening on the live feed, you can get the audio version of this. We're going to post these every Monday to the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast feed. So go in there, subscribe if you want. And if you've got value from this video, sure, hit the like button. That helps us out. But back to our rankings. All right. I'm going to give you a couple more names in our top 24. And you, I just want you lightning round. You tell me, yes, you would take them in the second round. Eh, they're more of a, th- this is your three options. Yes, they're second round picks in Dynasty. 
eh, more of a third round guy or no way. I'm not taking that guy in the top three rounds. Okay. A couple names right here. Drake London. Yes. Guess what? Second round, late second rounder. Okay. I'm good. All right. Keep it going here. Chris Godwin. No. No what? You got Okay. Let me oh, make oh, oh, I'm sorry. Make, I, I, thought, I thought we're talking a top two rounder or not. Chris God, Godwin for me should not be in the top two rounds. Fourth round player. Not yeah. Okay. So Godwin, I think I believe is going to go in the third round. He's a little bit more QB proof. In fact, I'm going to be debating Matt Kelly uh, on Chris Godwin on that on the Dynasty Hour. Okay. A uh, couple more names here for you. Jalen Hurts in single quarterback league. Where does he belong? Yeah, Jalen Hurts to me is number three. Um, it's as far as where he belongs. I think you can take him at the end of the second round based on how the based on how the draft board is going to fall this year. You're going to see there's a massive drop off in talent. You're excited about as soon as you hit the the mid third round anyway. So late, late in the second round is where I see those three elite quarterbacks being very much um, takeable. Right. And I'm talking Allen Mahomes and hurts. And by the way, you can make an argument and you might win that argument. Which of those three is the, is the best of the trio. Uh, you know, I've seen an argument for Mahomes. I've seen an argument for Allen, and I can make an argument for for Hertz as well. Um, any one of them could be the number one, as far as I'm concerned. But but all of them belong in the second round because by the time you get to the third round, you're looking at you. It, it does drop off. You're looking at Mark Andrews. There's the, oh, the okay. wide group. Stop, stop the conversation. Hurt. Stop the conversation because you just like an alarm bell just went off. Dynasty fantasy football. There's nothing worse in Dynasty than not having a tight end that you feel you could plug and play. I had to start Jonu Smith and just hope he had four points in so many leagues. I'm not even talking about tight end premium. I'm not even talking about start two. That's a nightmare. Here's the debate. Let's let's just go over our, our tight end rankings with our last few, you know, with our last 10 minutes of the podcast. Now, let's forget about round because everyone, the round in which you take your tight end is going to be based on how important you think the positional advantage is. Travis Kelsey, man, I understand. I understand, Geek, that he is going, that he's 34 next year, right? He's 33 and change right now. All right. Is there, I mean, who would you take ahead of him? And even in dying, even if you know you're only going to get these, these, the, the great tight ends seem to age a little bit better and he's playing with Pat Mahomes. So I'm not thinking Kelsey's going to fall off the cliff here. I mean, can we 30- take a third, can we take a 33 year old going on 34 as tight end one in dynasty? No, no. Okay. Okay. Why? Who would you take a, ahead of him? Mark Andrews still belongs ahead of him. Kyle Pitts. Uh, if we're going to take, take London, I know. Uh, listen, I, I have not fallen for the pits. I warned everybody last year. I haven't fallen for it. People were taking him ahead of um, Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews coming off a down year. All of a sudden, we're going to change our opinion of this what if Lamar? What if Lamar Jackson's not there next year? And you, you and I talked about oh, that's good. a different quarterback. Who cares? He is, a, he is, the, he is an elite pass-catching weapon. He's 27, so he's got a six-year right. head start against Travis Kelsey. Um, Andrews is the number one tight end for me. Kelsey right. is spectacular for your team that you built around Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams. And you put Kelsey on there and now you're like, screw it. Let me get Eckler and all the other old farts. Here you go, geek. Here, here's the tight end strategy for 2023. I'm still going to put Travis Kelsey as the tight end one. And this is why 
in the time, let's see, Pitts obviously needs a little more ramp up time, right? I mean, tight ends normally take three years to develop, and sometimes they don't hit till year four. I mean, look at TJ Hawkinson. He's finally hitting now. And by the way, Hawkinson's my tight end too. Do you but think we'll get- Des Ritter <coughs> as the quarterback? No, no, they're going to go into the veteran market again. Is But hear me out here. If you take Kelsey as your tight end one, once you get to about tight end six, tight end seven, it's all crapshoot anyway. So the second tight end that you take, you know, the Chigaconquo at tight end 12 or the Alberto, if he ends up, you know, being. No, no, no. Or Dulcich, sorry, Dulcich no. or whoever it is there, right? I mean, uh, Dawson Knox, Trey McBride, Evan Ingram. You're going to get another guy like that that has at least the age 27-ish, you know, Evan Ingram. So what I'm saying is it's such a positional advantage that you can not have to, like, go youth. You can go nuclear and go Travis Kelsey at one, know that you have it's time to win, and still get a guy that the guy who has tight end four, who has Dallas Goddard, you can still get someone who could match or get close to that production with Darren Waller, who's going to fall like a stone, like David Njoku, who's going to be like tight end 15. So that's my point, is that go hard on Travis Kelsey, and your backup youth tight end is still going to be viable as good as someone else's number one tight end. You know what the worst thing that somebody can do is? So I'm just going to bring it back to your point. You think The minute you took Travis Kelsey, the minute you took any of these older guys, I, I think when you're doing your dynasty startup, this is the most important thing to remember. You better understand what kind of team you're building. Because if you build it mishmash, you got Kelsey, but you're also taking this youth. And, wait, wait, wait. And, Explain and, what mishmash means. If you just if you have no approach to this thing, like I've seen you personally go into a draft, and I've seen I've seen you do this, where you're like, I'm building a win now, right? And you say, No, I'm going to purposefully take these players that are dropping probably a little too far because Dynasty is undervaluing veterans. And I've seen you do this, and you come out of a draft, and it's got all of these. You know, last year it would have been having a lot of Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey shares and a little Zeke Elliott on your team. And well, Zeke then, Elliott was so, no, hold on, Zeke. That's not fair. As as much as I was advocating for Zeke, it was the price on Zeke. It wasn't. I thought, yeah, he was but, so cheap in startups, but also a veteran value that you could get super super late. And no one wanted him. You're getting in round seven, and right. and then you got to build. You need to build a whole team around that. The problem is the second you take Kelsey, you've now set the direction of your team. You better win this year and next year. So what's wrong with that? What's wrong with wanting to win this year or next year? (laughs) I mean, that's fine if you (laughs) set your direction, but the problem is you're, you're assuming that people understand that they're setting the direction. Some you can't take Kelsey and then be like, all right, let me grab some Bijans or, or some rookies or some, some questionable people or or some high upside. Right. Like what you're saying is like your wide, you can't have like, okay, I'm just going to make up a hypothetical here. If you have Kelsey, you don't want your wide receiver core to be something like Traylon Burks, right? Who's on the upswing, Terry McLaurin and Rashad Bateman, like, or, you know, like those guys are fine as depth or your wide receiver threes. But when those are, you're banking on those three guys every week, then Kelsey might not be a team fit. I understand that. But what I'm saying is decision points that you'd have to make, right? But but geek, just one second here. Just what I'm saying is that when you're building a dynasty team, you could think, you know, the direction you're going in, but when you're sitting in round three and you've taken two good players, because all the players in round one and round two are going to be startable every week, but you're sitting there at 3.3 and Travis Kelsey is staring you at the fa- in the face, you got to take that guy. You can't worry about what you thought your team direction was going to be. No, if the value is there, great. But if you put your chips in and you take this kind of player a little bit too early or you take one or two of these spots, you've got 
um, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on your team now. Oh, reconstituting the old Chiefs. Or I'll just give you decision points that, that so you'll understand. You'll get this. You'll get what I'm saying. Now let's say it's a little later in the draft and you're looking at Amari Cooper, but also Jamison Williams, right? And you're like, ooh, young prospect. Um, okay, good, good right. draft thing. Or do I take the yeoman-like, not super sexy Amari Cooper, who's probably going to be a super productive veteran for me for the next couple of years? You know those those two guys. Go- yeah, those two guys. You're right. They're going to be close in ADP, but fine. But that's yeah. going to be like in round six. I, yes. I'm talking about like if you have to decide what your tight end strategy is early on, but sometimes this, the strategy decides for you. And what I think is that if Travis Kelsey, the the biggest positional advantage, and I think is in play for the 1.1 in redraft leagues, certainly in premium leagues. And if he falls to round three, which he will in dynasty startup drafts, you need to seriously consider him. In a dynasty league, I actually traded away. I've been trading for Travis Kelsey last year. This year, I'm trading him away, not because I don't want him, because I'm getting offers. Like someone gave me an injured Kyle Pitts and Damian Pierce. I took that on for Travis Kelsey, and I'm not even sure that was the right move. So you just made the point of why Kelsey is a unique asset amongst these other th- situations where I talk about older running backs like that that are a little bit harder to get value for. One thing that you're able to do with Travis Kelsey, specifically Travis Kelsey, is late in the season, if your team's not competitive, the team that looks like it can win or they're competitive. In other words, effectively, you could go to any of the top three teams in the league, and it's such an advantage for them to acquire a Kelsey in a championship run season that you can actually extract full value for that player just because that person will be like, you know what, I've been I've been plugging in, you know, uh, I've been plugging in David Njoku or Pratty Fryermuth right. or whatever, or Dalton but, Schultz in a non-productive week or yeah, whatever it is. Whoever yeah. you've been plugging, and you're like, wow, Kelsey kind of always gets you 25. Right. That'll help me win this championship. I'll give you my George Kittle plus a first rounder to do this right now. So um, you can make that move with a Kelsey because of the positional advantage. You might not be able to pull that off with, you know. Uh, with uh, with the Stefan Diggs type play. All right, that's going to conclude our episode one of the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast for Rotowire. Our very early rankings, which, by the way, if you play Dynasty, you already know it's not very early. This is when Dynasty season starts. So, a couple programming notes here. By the way, if you got value from this video, and uh, consider hitting the like button, and uh, that's if you don't want to do that, that's fine as well. Uh, this live stream will be on every Monday next Monday, by the way, Martin Luther King day. It won't be on. We'll be on on Tuesday, but uh, every Monday, come back for a live stream. Geek will be here with me many times. I'm going to have rotating guests. A couple other programming notes is that on Sirius XM, we have a new dynasty show called the dynasty hour. It is premiering this week. It should be on um, the week of the 14th and 15th on, on while the football games are on. So it'll also be on demand Just search road wire or the dynasty hour of rotating guests, including Matt Kelly, Jordan McNamara, of course, the geek from the sharp app from DFS army. You follow him at F football geek. Uh, you follow him at the sharp app at DFS army on my, all our video, our, our links are in the video description below. I'm at Alan Sislowski. All right, everybody. Thanks for following us on the dynasty rankings. We'll be back next week. With a new episode.